Um, did everybody get some form of notice that we did not have church last week? If you didn't, will you raise your hand? <laughs> Thanks, Zoe. Um, so, the only reason the only reason I ask is because we we want to make sure that we're always trying to contact everybody in the in every way possible and getting that note out. Uh, it, it, you know, whether it's via social media, thank you, Leslie, via email, thank you, Laura. Um, but we only have the email addresses that we have. And so if you're not getting our emails, if you're not following us on Facebook, if you're not, if there's not a way for us to contact you, there's really not a good way for us to let you guys know that we don't have church in the event that we cancel it, which is rare, but you know, who knows with climate change. Um, That's true. The ones that didn't get it are not here today. So um, if by some, and I've, I've kind of trolled through the, the directory and made sure that everybody uh, is in the email system receiving our emails, but if you are not, please let me or Laura know so we can get you added because that is the best way for us to let you know. Yes, George. I think the best way is for them to just let us know. I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. I think we'll, we'll just make sure that they let us know because I want to make sure that everybody hears this message. It is imperative that we have your email address so we can contact you in this case. We're also evaluating some other options, but uh, those, aren't, those haven't been put into place just yet. So please, if you do not get our emails, let us know, and we will get you on that list. Thanks. Would those other options happen to be carrier pigeon yes. by any chance? I was hoping you were going to say yes. All right. All right. Um, the birthday is today. Ben Bellman's birthday is today. Happy birthday. Looking pretty good for 35. Thursday is Miles McCormick's birthday and Dave Talcott's birthday. Dave also looking pretty good for 35. Friday, Matt Gabrielson. Uh, Saturday, Laura Fogarty and Michelle Lundy. <laughs> You're not 35, okay. <laughs> Whatever you need to tell yourself, Laura, that's fine. Whatever you need to tell yourself. All right. <laughs> All right, would you please bow your heads with me? Dear God, we are so grateful for the community to which we find ourselves a part of. We would ask that we would uh, send special blessings to our birthday folks this week, that they may feel the love of presence of you and the love and presence of all the people who love them in their communities. Amen.
Good morning, and welcome in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Before I forget, <laughs> I have a few announce, a few changes and that I want to, a few things in the bulletin I want to make you aware of. When the choir sings, we will be participating at a couple of different times, so keep your bulletin handy. Twice we will be brought in to sing um, what's on this side of the page, and Laura will let us know. And we will also be doing our responsive reading during the choir singing. So just keep your bulletin handy. I also want to um, mention that Max is sick today, so Maddie is here and filling in for her brother. And the special music will be with Laura Beckman and Mary Gill. So welcome once again. This is the Sunday that welcomes in our Advent season. This year we decided on an overarching theme as the prophets speak, because quite literally every Sunday we have a message from one of the prophets of the Bible. I love our actual theme for today though, anticipate sacred presence. One of the things I love about it is that we are sharing it with every Community of Christ congregation around the world. I think this would be a great theme for every day to wake up in the morning and your first thought be of all the possibilities of where you're going to have an encounter with your Lord. And then, because you've already planted that thought in your head, you will recognize the many, many sacred encounters that you actually have throughout the day instead of missing those promptings of the Spirit. The congregation has had a busy week experiencing sacred presence as, we've, as they've worked to prepare for today and worked to support our community. And I'd like to take just a minute to hold these folks up and thank them for what they've been um, doing this week. The Christmas Bureau was yesterday, and Debbie Coddington, Sharon Bolliger, Sharon Robertson, Tyson Harger, Harker, and Mike, Michelle, and Foster Lundy were all up early and working hard at that annual um, event. Thank you so much. Laura Billings, John Bartocci, and Sharon Robertson have been praying for the, preparing for the children's program tonight with some of the decorations that are up here. And I know Tammy will be busy tonight organizing the treats for afterwards. Thank you. Brad and I have had help with the church decorations from Bruce and Joy, Jeannie Mann, Sidna Adams, and Sharon Robertson. Thank you. Ashley Harker and Allie Arnold have decorated and embellished some 150 plus ornaments that will be hung on this tree throughout the month. They're works of art. <laughs> Thank you. And last, to all the folks that have said yes to being in this service, my heartfelt thanks to all of you. In a moment, we're going to hear from the prophet Jeremiah. The first words he shares from the Lord is the phrase, the days are surely coming. Just five words that sum up how I have felt as I prepared for this morning and for the entire month. At times it felt like a heavy burden, that there was so much to do to be ready, and there wasn't enough time, that I was stretched too thin and I was just spinning my wheels. But then I would consider the phrase in an entirely different context, and it would take on a brand new meaning for me. The days are surely coming, 
It's Advent that we're preparing for. It's a time of great anticipation, a time to celebrate when the star lit the way for Jesus Christ to enter this world. A time to really remind ourselves that we can anticipate his sacred presence in our lives each and every day. A time to step out in faith and share our hope in Jesus Christ. Each Sunday, we'll have a focus moment where we add ornaments to our tree. The worship help suggested something I'd never heard of before, and that is a crimson, Christman, I didn't even say it right, a Christman tree. Sharon actually called me last night. Have you spelled this right? Is this the word you really want? Yes, it is. The idea originated in 1957 by a Lutheran church member. The tree is to be decorated with Christian symbols that represent a variety of Christian beliefs and theologies. The tree and the ornaments are to be decorated and embellished in just white and gold to symbolize the purity and majesty of the Son of God. During the focus moment each week, the children will add the ornaments to our tree. For this Sunday, to represent hope, we picked a star for the Christman tree. The wise men were full of hope when they set out. When everyone else saw a night sky, they saw light and anticipated sacred presence. They saw light from a star that filled their hearts with a deep desire to seek and find Jesus. They found the Son of God, who became and continues to be the light of our world. It's been two weeks since we had our congregational blessing. During the preparation, and certainly on that Sunday, I anticipated and experienced sacred presence in new ways. I was and continue to be filled with hope for this congregation, for what lies ahead. I would like to read to you two um, brief paragraphs in our blessing where we are being called to be God's light and hope to a world in need. You are called to become a beacon to your community, a beacon of joy, hope, love, and peace to people who have never known any of these things. These people are in pain and may seem difficult, but they have been taught to distrust those around them. Your peculiar giftedness, patience, and sensitivity can teach them to trust. There are those in this community who have such gifts, which will be awakened in them soon. And then another portion that I've chosen. As you discern and discover God's purposes for you, the building of Zion in Olathe will unfold. Blessed to be a blessing. Don't be afraid. It will happen slowly, evolving into a powerful force for good as you grow through the years like a child growing into adulthood. Be patient, persevere. Keep your light shining and you will pierce the darkness that gathers around you. So as we worship together today, as we share in communion together, may you more than anticipate sacred presence may you truly feel and respond to sacred presence. Mm -hmm. 
days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch, a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. and help us to receive your message today. Bless the sick and the people that are in need. We also ask a special prayer this morning for Jane's family and that you comfort them. Thank you for all of our blessings and please watch over our congregation and keep us safe as we travel in the snow this winter. Amen. Can I have the children come join me, please? You know what? You're going to be able to see the very best right there. You. to be here today, we are going to talk about the coolest shape 
my very, very favorite sheep. What do you think it is? What do you I love hearts too. I love hearts too, but that's oh so close, but not the one I'm thinking of. What do what do you think it is? A star. It is a star. It is a star. Oh my goodness. Why would we be talking about the star December the second? Why would we be talking about the star? Um because um um that's people's favorite shapes. True that, girl. It is my favorite shape. Why do you think we'd be talking about the star? Because it's almost Christmas. Yes, and? The star was above Jesus. The star was above Jesus. Why, why was the star important? Because a lot of times we put stars on top of the tree during Christmas time. You know it. What else? Um, the star led the wise men to Jesus. Mm-hmm. The star was super important in the, nativity sto- in the nativity story because it shone bright that night and it guided everyone to Jesus. Did they have Surrey back then? No, no Surrey, no Garmin, no Google Maps. That was the only way that everybody could find Jesus. Okay, I have a really important sentence. Are you ready? Miss June wanted me to say this. Ready? Listen. The bright light gave us hope. Can you say that with me? The bright light gave us hope. One more time. The bright light gave us hope. Okay, so I'm going to read this really cool book that she gave me. It's called The Song of Stars. And several times in the book, the animals are so excited, like new baby excited. Like, have you ever been so excited for Christmas or a new baby? They're so excited. And so this is what they say. They say, it's time, it's time, it's time. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to split up. So when I point to you, this group, you guys are going to go, it's time. And then the middle, you guys are going to go, it's time. And then you guys are going to go, it's time. Okay, let's practice. Ready? One, two, ready, go. It's time. Oh, we can do better. One more time. It's time. It's time. It's time. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. The world was about to change forever, and it went, it almost went by unnoticed. But the leaves that night wrestled with a rumor. News rang out across the open fields. A song drifted over the hills. The wind whispered it softly in the sycamore trees that waved their moonlit branches in the sky. A barn owl took flight and woodland creatures stirred. Ready, go! Here, you hold the, can you hold the book for me? In the pine woods, two deer raised their heads. A big brown bear sniffed the air. A red fox darted. The faces of little flowers lifted to the skies. Ready, go! The skies shouted it to the seas that thundered it to the waves that roared it to the great white whale sharks that sang it to the starfish in the deep. And the tiny sandpipers danced on shining sands. Ready, go! It's time! It's time! It's time! The running rivers bounded over boulders and the otters clapped and played and sang to the ducklings that splashed and quacked to the salmon that leaped over and leaped. Go! Go! 
and tiny field mice and insects and little creeping things and sparrows and robins and every single blade of grass squeaked and hummed and chirped and sang. Ready, go. Wild stallions drummed it to the ground. Get ready, get ready, be glad, be glad. It's On a lonely peak, a lion raised his strong head and roared it out to the empty wilderness. The mighty king, the prince of peace. Ready, go. It's time, it's time, it's time. All the stars joined together in a chorus that rang out through the heavens, the bright and morning star. And on a hillside overlooking a little town, sheep nuzzled their new lambs. The good shepherd. Ready, go. Suddenly, angels lit up the whole sky, and a great choir sang it out loud. Ready, go. It's time. It's time. It's time. At last, he's here. And the little town and the little shed and the little window, a candle flickered in the dark. And a tiny cry rang out in the cold night air. Whose cry was that? Jesus. Baby Jesus. And high above, a single, what kind of shape is it? A single star set out in the highest heavens, shone out in the brighter than any of the others, and it poured down silver onto the little shed, a light to light up the whole world. And the angels stood as well as above the whole earth, and all the stars, they held us, the one who made us has come to live with us, and they whispered, And a young mother, who's the young mother? Mary. Mary, with no place to rest and nowhere to stay, kept it as a song inside of our hearts. Our rescuer. And they gazed in wonder at God's greatest gift. What is God's greatest gift? Jesus, Jesus lying on a bed of straw, wrapped in rags, a tiny little baby. Heaven's son sleeping under the stars that he made. Last time, one, two, ready, go. It's time, it's time, it's time. Okay, now, second part of this. You're not going to believe these amazing ornaments. Can we take a moment and find Miss Allie and Miss Ashley, and can we tell her thank you so much? Let's give her a round of applause. Give them a round of applause. Nice job, ladies. Okay, hold on. Freeze, freeze, freeze. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take an ornament, and you're going to find a spot to put it on the Christmas tree. And then you're going to come back, and you're going to get a star burst. And then you're going to head back to your family.
this season of Advent, we long for God's presence. Christ is our light and the source of our hope. In this season of Advent, we search for God's truth. Christ is our light and the source of our hope. In this season of Advent, we seek God's guidance. In this season of Advent, we remember God's promise. This morning we light the first candle, the candle of hope. This candle reminds us that God's promises give us reason to be filled with hope. Hope for unity in a world of division. Hope for healing in a world of pain. And hope for peace in a world filled with anger and strife. We remember that Christ is our light and the source of our hope. Gracious God, as we begin our Advent journey, we thank you for the gift of your Son and for sending hope into a world filled with dread. Help us remember that we are your people and that because of your promises, we have every reason to be hopeful. Take away our doubt and fear and remind us that Christ is our light, the true source of hope. Amen.
Good morning. <laughs> Thanks for answering back. <laughs> it's a privilege to be with you this morning as we begin this Advent season. It's an exciting and hope-filled time, a season of great anticipation. You are actually going to hear from me twice this morning, once to share Psalm 25 and once to share a message of hope. Just as Jeremiah shared with us this morning that God's promises will be fulfilled, I'd like to share with you some thoughts on the 25th Psalm. This too offers us hope and a path forward where God's promises can be fulfilled. This particular scripture or Psalm is an acrostic poem, meaning that each line is connected to a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Scholars think that this style of writing helped people to memorize the verses, and many of the psalms are written this way. I will be reading Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10 this morning, and I invite you to follow along in your pew Bible on page 436. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been of old, from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. Many scholars believe that this psalm was written by David during the time of Israel's exile. David is older by then and, had, and has had many ups and downs in his life, has experienced many ups and downs in his faith. In the first verses, he says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. I learned that this phrase, lift up my soul, is based on the Hebrew word nefesh. I hope I'm saying that correctly. This means giving your entire being to the Lord, including your soul. I thought this was a beautiful concept, our whole being being lifted up. Throughout this scripture, David expresses feelings, of, feelings and concerns that we can all identify with, fear, loneliness, guilt, confusion, very human emotions. We are encouraged to pray and place our trust in God with our whole 
soul. We are encouraged to have faith that God will hear us. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I will wait all day long. David's verses seem to be showing us how to live a blessed life in spite of trials or problems. He asked the Lord to forget his youthful transgressions and to remember the steadfast love of old. There is a dominant theme of learning and instruction. The Reverend John Piper says, we as Christians need three things in order to trust God, humility, faith, and covenant keeping, honoring the promises that we have made. He says, God works through an alertness to our circumstances and through spiritual sensitivity. I think this alertness is like mindfulness to what is happening in our hearts right now, this minute. Psalm 25 is a psalm of confident hope. There are verses of petition, verses of praise, and verses of promise. This is the song of one who knows the complexities of human life, the ups and downs we can experience. It is a song of steadfast trust, one where hope is always a part of the verses. Many times our very human lives seem to be balanced between the tensions of our expectations, our work, our tasks, our families, and the balance of our perceived failures or successes. We need the blessings and grace of God the guidance that leads us to the steady, reassuring path ahead. Matthew Henry tells us that even the most advanced believers both need and desire to be taught of God. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble in his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. This is the love that invites us into the journey of Advent, the ongoing hope that in all of our living, God will provide and take care of us. Barbara Brown Taylor says it beautifully, live reverently, deliberately, and fully awake.
Hello again. <laughs> I'm going to open with the quote that I closed with before. Live reverently, deliberately, and fully awake. What a special day to join in the sacrament of communion together. We have a chance to reflect on our congregational blessing and the journey we've taken together. We can anticipate the wonderful, hopeful ways that it will continue to unfold in each of our lives. We have a chance to reflect on the covenant of baptism, to remember the joy of blessing and forgiveness that we received as we reached out to our God. We have a chance to reflect on the anticipation and the hope of Advent and God's most glorious gift to us, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Advent often sneaks up on us. We can feel unaware and unprepared to honor the journey of sacred anticipation. The world around us is caught up in the whirl of carols, parties, and the onslaught of purchasing gifts. How do we find time for Advent amid Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and daily emails advertising flash sales just till noon. For many, for many in our world, this is all that Christmas is, the excitement of new things and gifts. How do we interrupt human busyness that we all seem so prone to? We are more connected than ever and time away from technology, movies, music, online, online activities almost seems impossible. How do we bring a message of hope and joy that is relevant for this time and this place? I don't have the answers to these questions, but I do know that God will bless any efforts that we make to connect to sacred spirit to connect to the mindfulness of who we are and where we are the happiest. As I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a time about 10 years ago in Washington, DC. I had just sent my oldest son to college and it was a difficult time. He was great about calling home and connecting he was great about keeping in touch, but I knew it was really difficult being a freshman in a dorm with five roommates. Vaughn would share his worries with me and even began to express how he'd like to take time away from the busyness of his schedule and classes and the feeling of being overwhelmed. So I started saying, just take 10 minutes. 
It was actually the smallest amount of time I thought he could spare and that I thought he might give it. I said, just take 10 minutes to go and sit in the Cathedral of Learning, which was a sacred place on the University of Pittsburgh's campus. Just take 10 minutes to walk on the trails around campus. Just take 10 minutes to think. Just take 10 minutes to breathe or pray. Those 10 minutes eventually turned into longer periods of time. Times he used to listen to the choir practicing in the cathedral, to observe deer in nature, to reflect on the sunrise or sunset. Those minutes became a lifeline that carried him through that year. They became part of his daily life, and they still are. He still takes as much time as possible to hike or bike. He will tell you it's his breathing room, his connection to sacred spirit. Vaughn learned that being in the presence of God and finding a sacred space provides peace and joy. The kind of joy that our world cannot give us. A joy that lasts. A joy that fills up our deepest longing, longings, writes our biggest worries, calms our biggest fears, heals our deepest wounds. A joy that isn't found in busyness or gifts. A sense of joy that glows within us. A hope that helps us stay fully awake. It's a struggle to turn away from the human world and focus on the sacred, to find balance, peace. But I bear witness to you this morning that when I do it, God is right there, waiting to guide me, love me, help me, bless me. And this is the promise that God gives to each one of us, the one he gave us with the birth of his son. We have a chance this morning to take communion as a community, one that is joined together in hope and in anticipation. We are taking the first steps of our journey, the journey of Advent, our journey to find true joy. It's time. Live reverently, deliberately, and fully awake.
O God, the Eternal Father, we ask thee in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread and wine to the souls of all those who partake of them, that they may eat and drink in remembrance of the body and blood of thy Son. And witness unto them, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy Son and always remember him and keep his commandments which he has given them, that they may always have his spirit to be with them. Amen.
The situation was really bad. The names are inconsequential. Two guys on an island with nothing in sight. Get the picture? One was enjoying the sunlight, the white sand, the beach, the water. And the other was frightened to death, shaking so badly. He said, how, one guy said to the other, how can you be so calm? And he says, the truth be known, I make $100,000 a month. And I know the pastor is going to find me. This is the first Sunday of the month, and it focuses on abolishing poverty, ending suffering, and world hunger. None of that really strikes you and me, does it? But there are a lot of people out there that it does. If any of you have helped at the Center of Hope, you get a glimpse, a small glimpse, of people in poverty. People so happy to just get a decent meal. And in this time of the year, a hot meal. This is a moment in this service where we should be thinking of generosity. Can we do more in whatever way possible? I know we've, we've heard time, treasure, and talent till we're blue in the face, but it's meaningful because it reflects on who we are and what we're here about in this community. I didn't follow my notes, I as well throw them away. <laughs> Would the ushers come forward, please? Father, please accept these gifts of our undying love for you, our undying love for humankind, I pray, Father, that those that handle these monies may do so, that they may stretch every dime to help abolish poverty and feed the hungry. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.
beloved children of the Restoration, your continuing faith adventure with God has been divinely led, eventful, challenging, and sometimes surprising to you. By the grace of God, you are poised to fulfill God's ultimate vision for the Church. When your willingness to live in sacred community as Christ's new creation exceeds your natural fear of spiritual and relational, relational transformation, you will become who are you, you are called to be. The rise of Zion, the beautiful, the peaceful reign of Christ, awaits your wholehearted response to the call to make and steadfastly hold to God's covenant of peace in Jesus Christ. Expand the church's restoring ministries, especially those devoted in asserting the worth of persons, protecting the sacredness of creation, and relieving physical and spiritual suffering. Embody and live the concerns and passion of Christ. Now may our God make you to increase in love to one another and to all people and establish your hearts blameless in holiness. In the name of Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. <laughs>